Hello, and welcome to the Needs Improvement Podcast, your regular deep dive into reimagining mental health and well-being in the workplace. I'm your host, Nicholas Whitaker, coach and co-founder of the Changing Work Collective. In every episode, we sit down with thought leaders in organizational health, as well as individuals who've navigated the complexities of mental health, well-being, and belonging in the workplace. Our goal? To dismantle the stigma surrounding mental health, ignite meaningful dialogue, and inspire both employees and leaders to revolutionize the way performance is gauged at work. So if you're eyeing a healthier, happier chapter in your professional life, you're in the right place. Together, let's transform the places we work into the places we would love to be. Let's dive into what needs improvement. Well, hi, Jen. It's good to see you again. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. I have a nice sunny December or late November day here in Chicago. So I take the sun whenever I can get it in the winter here. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> well, uh, thank you again for being on the podcast. It's been a couple months, I think, since we last connected, but I'm really excited to dive in and hear a little bit about what you're up to. But for guests who maybe don't uh, know about you or in your work, uh, why don't you give a little bit of an introduction and let people know what you're up to? Yeah, thanks a lot. So I am a career empowerment coach. I come from a long background of corporate career um, work, different industry than what you were in. I came up mostly in the consumer packaged goods industry, came out of school knowing that brand management was my dream job is what I believed and zigzagged my way until I got there. Ended up working at um, a very large company here in Chicago as senior brand manager. And then they gave me the gift of letting me go. <laughs> and because I needed improvement in certain mm -hmm. areas. And then I really picked up some awesome new skills in a tangent industry in consulting and marketing mm -hmm. research. So transitioned my skills into that area, picked up a lot of new, a lot of new skills that rounded me out. But I always had in the back of my mind, this idea of personal and professional development. It's, it was always the soft side of uh, the skills that I excelled at. And even back from going to business school at the Cox School of Business at SMU, we had something there called the Business Leadership Center, and it was, um, you know, a lot of a lot of engaging tools and exercises that really helped leaders build their skills. And I loved that. I was the president with another student of that. And then eventually I left corporate. So I always had that seed, that little whisper of some something related to personal development, coaching. I wasn't sure yet. Um, I left corporate in 2014 and became a freelancer. I chose the part of the work I loved the most, which for me at that time was qualitative research. Mm -hmm. So I was a focus group moderator. I would work with a lot of CPG companies to help them understand what was happening with the consumer. So I've always loved that being in touch with the individual and really understanding and empathizing with what their needs are. And then how do we solve those needs? How do we provide solutions? And really those skills transitioned quite seamlessly over to coaching. So I ended up getting my coaching certification through IPEC back in right at the end of 2019. Nice. And little did I know that I was going to basically um, have the opportunity. I mean, really COVID became a wonderful gift for me because my freelance work, since it was all in-field research, really all got put on hold. Mm -hmm. And I just, I started taking imperfect action mm -hmm. against mm -hmm. the coaching. And I started creating tools for what I saw the need out there to be, which we'll probably talk more about as we go. So yeah, then, sure. yeah, yeah it's, been a, it's been a great journey. And I feel like I've, I'm finally where I've always been meant to be in my career. And that is such an empowering feeling. Oh, that's so good. That's so great. I mean, yeah. first of all, I'm curious, you know, what is a career empowerment coach in your mind? Like, what does that okay. actually mean? So folks that maybe aren't quite clear on what coaching is or what empowerment even means for that matter. Yeah. I, I put that, you know, one of the fun things about being an entrepreneur is we get to create our own titles. And when you hear career coach, 
most people think of resume work, um, helping me prep for an interview, those more tactical activities that need to happen. Where my passion lies is really helping people discover what it is they were really born to do and have the courage and the confidence to go for it. Mm. So I kind of summed that up in the word empowerment. And that is what I believe is really missing from the corporate world is at some point this opportunity to better align the work that you're doing with what gifts, natural gifts and talents you were born with. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You know, it makes me think too, like so many people that I talk to and even my own experience, like you get to a certain point in your career, maybe you hit some sort of a downturn or a slump or a brick wall in some cases. And suddenly you're confronted with this, like, oh my gosh, I need to do something different. Maybe I don't know exactly how to go about doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit about the types of clients that you work with and like, you know, where you notice they're uh, getting stuck or finding themselves in a slump. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's a lot of different reasons for it, but the way that I sum it up and that they sum it up is being at a career crossroads. Mm -hmm. So I do work primarily with women and they tend to be mid career. Like you said, they've gotten far enough to know what they don't want Mm They still don't know what they do want, or they're faced with just a lot of fear around change. So um, what I have learned from working with lots of women is that there are probably maybe like four major reasons that they're feeling unhappy at work. It could be that they're just not fulfilled or finding any interest in it anymore. It could be that they're starting to feel undervalued. And the value and the attention is being placed on the younger leaders. They're not feeling as relevant anymore. Um, It could be that they're not challenged anymore. They've been doing the same thing for a long time. There's not a lot of upside to their growth. Or it could be that that they're not, that they're unaligned. I've got like these four U's, you know, they're unfulfilled, unchallenged, undervalued, unaligned. Mm. And for me, I think the unaligned, if that's a true word, (laughs) is where I fell because I, there were a lot of things I really loved about my career and certainly created a foundation for the work I do today, taught me a lot. But at some point as the career evolves, it moved I feel like it moved further away from the type of work I really wanted to be doing. And so at some point you feel like, what, what am I, every day I'm going, I'm working 10, 12 hours a day. If you're not feeling fulfilled or challenged or valued or aligned, then it, it really wreaks havoc with all areas of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting to me too. Like I imagine, and I'm kind of curious your opinion on this. Like I imagine it manifests differently for women than it does for men uh, because they have just different priorities. They have different, you know, uh, obligations and uh, things that they're uh, having to deal with in the workplace. You know, what's the kind of signs and signals that you hear from your clients or, you know, you you kind of work with your clients to spot uh, that might be indicating that, Hey, maybe you're kind of hitting a bit of a crossroads here. Yeah, I think, um, well, for one, just to address the first part about women experiencing it a little bit differently, I think that can be true because we tend to, and this is a gross uh, generalization, but we're often putting other people's needs ahead of our own. And our lack of motivation about our work feels um, like it comes way it's way on the back burner mm-hmm. because we're very busy taking care of everyone else in our lives including our jobs and i also notice that a lot of these uh female leaders who i work with work so hard to prove themselves as they go up the ladder and it takes a lot of energy mm-hmm. so i, I I do think it manifests differently. However, when I read your LinkedIn posts, I think that, you know, there are things that we both experienced in the Mm -hmm. course of our career and that we're both looking for as we move forward. So we might not be as far apart as we think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. In terms of signs, um, 
you know, I think it's a little bit different for everyone, but it's that feeling of the most obvious one is the dread of Monday morning mm-hmm. and the real tangible feeling in your body that ruins your day on Sunday sometimes, just dreading going into into your next week of work. So I think there's a real physical manifestation. I think it can be another year has flown by and I'm just feeling like I'm living day to day, waiting for every Friday to come around and opening your eyes to realizing that. And I know from my own experience that a decade can go by like that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's the aging of our children or other family members or ourselves that um, make us realize how fast time is going and how little we're getting out of it. Um, Yeah. I think the other, sometimes what I hear is people saying the only, you know, next role for me here would be what my boss does. And I don't want his or her job. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't see myself doing that. I don't want that. This is not where I want to be for the next 10 years. So they, my clients tend to be thinking a little further out in their career and like, what do I really want to do with the last say 15 years of my career? If it's not this, then what is it? Mm -hmm. That's the real question. Yeah. And I imagine that probably leaves people not in a state of hopelessness necessarily, but like in this kind of like confusion and bewilderment where it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. you've had all this momentum, you've had all this energy and probably even to some degree, like a plan in mind in terms of like, you know, what the career was going to look like and how it was going to unfold. And then you get to this certain period of your experience in this crossroads and those old rules are no longer working anymore. The old ways of being aren't aren't necessarily working. You Mm -hmm. you listed a few really obvious reasons of like, you know, aging body, uh, aging children, like just, the world changing overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, are there specific tactics or techniques or things that people can kind of think about in terms of like assessing that period in time in their life and, and deciding like, okay, well, here's like my options moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think one really good question to get honest with yourself on is what does success look like for me at this stage in my career? Oftentimes early in the career, we're working on promotions, titles, um, prestige, um, being noticed, and obviously picking up a lot of skills, learning, growing. When we get to this point of feeling stagnant, some of the words I hear are like stagnant, feel stuck, but the fear of making a change feels very overwhelming and not knowing where to start. So I know that I wish that I had had a career empowerment coach back when I was in that position, because I, I think you really need some guidance. Sure. You Mm -hmm. can go online and find a lot of different information, but who has the time for that? So finding a structured approach to evaluate where you are, um, really get clear on your, what I call your inner compass, which is, you Mm -hmm. know, at this stage in my life, what are my values? What are my strengths? Which sadly, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't even know what I'm good at anymore. So getting Mm -hmm. back in touch with your strengths and owning them, um, understanding your priorities at this stage in your life, and then going through a process around your purpose, which I, I leverage Simon Sinek's why purpose or why um, exercise. So those four things bring together your inner compass that wasn't always important when you were maybe earlier in your career, those things like what really matters to me. But those are the, the things that are going to make you feel happy where you land. And if you don't pay attention and spend some time getting in touch with them, then you probably the grass is not going to be greener on the other side. So once you've established that, then it's moving into, okay, so based on all of that, where would I like to go next? One of the things I love to do with my clients is what I call a dream storm. And we really allow ourselves 
to dream, the permission to dream. And and this really comes from my um, corporate background in innovation consulting. So what I did is apply what would typically be an innovation roadmap process that a company like a CPG company would use and applied it to someone's career. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing you really have to do is brainstorm. And it's amazing how quickly the judgment comes in and Mm -hmm. how quickly we uh, close doors off because we think, well, that would never work. That would never work. I couldn't make enough money doing that, whatever it might be. So I actually, my dream storm is to come up with a hundred dreams. And that's really hard. That's really hard for people because they're already putting all of these limitations on their ideas. What I love to do though, is to ask like, wouldn't it be great if I could be paid to do X, Y, Z? And what we do in that process is look for themes and combinations. I love the power of, you know, getting all of those out, putting them into buckets with, you know, what are the themes here? It's not the specific idea that matters. It's what is it about that dream lights you up? And how could you take your current skills, your background, all this experience you've developed and put it together, combine it with some of these other areas? And so it doesn't always have to be just a complete pivot. Mm -hmm. There are many degrees of pivots from where you are to that, you know, dream. I also love, I've been playing around with um, AI and chat GPT to help my clients with this because they do get stuck Mm -hmm. with that question of how could my skills translate to something else So um, I hope you don't mind, but I did a little experiment using you as an example. Oh, great. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So I'm going to look at my notes here for a minute. So just about an hour ago, I went into into LinkedIn and I pulled some things from your your profile. And I did a little chat GPT search for you. Okay. Made some of it up. So I basically told ChatGPT that um, I'm looking to find more enjoyment and alignment for my career by possibly making a career pivot. Then I pulled some things from your background. You know, my professional background has been within the tech industry. I've spent over eight years at Google in marketing, training, and people operations. My top skills, you know, I, I put grabbed that from your profile. And then I made up some dreams based on on some of of the dreams. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is this, you're kind of already there, right? You've already made your transition. This would be more interesting if you had done this prior to you making this leap. Oh yeah. Where were you like two years ago? That would have been great. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So then I made up some dreams around um, more travel because that tends Mm -hmm. to come up on everyone's list. Um, possibly teaching, because I Mm -hmm. saw some things on your profile, contributing to economic empowerment or environmental sustainability using my skills. What are some possible careers that could blend my skills and experience with my dreams and passions? And ChatGPT comes up with like 10 ideas in an instant. It's so cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're kind of doing it. I mean, one of them is, um, wait, where's the one? Corporate trainer or coach with a focus on conscious business practices. Oh, wow. That's pretty darn spot on. That's one of them. Utilizing your skills in training and coaching. You could specialize in helping businesses adopt more conscious, sustainable, and employee-friendly practices. This could involve traveling to different companies, conducting workshops, and coaching executives. Wow, that's spooky. That's fantastic. So that was one of your 10. Uh, Let me see. Uh, One that's further away from what you're doing is policy advisor on tech and sustainability. Sure. So anyway, I think that there's just an opportunity to break out of our comfort zone, Mm -hmm. to take the blinders off. I know for myself, my whole social circle was based on my career And so Mm -hmm. most people I knew also worked in consumer packaged goods, also worked in marketing. You get very closed minded about what the possibilities are out there. And it 
of course it's fear. It's scary to think about like, what else could I do? And that's when we start settling. That's Mm -hmm. when we start rationalizing the job we have. And we say, well, I really like the people. Mm -hmm. I really like this aspect of it. Um, And that's fine if that's enough for you. But a lot of us want more. We don't want to just settle when we give so much of our lives to our career. Mm. It's such a powerful process. And thank you for uh, doing a little research on me. I mean, that's super validating. (laughs) I'm uh, doing the right thing, according to ChatGPT. I mean, honestly, like the the process that you go through and the structure that you put you put into that, I think is really, really poignant. You know, it's it's, it's pretty close to what I had done years ago. And Mm -hmm. I I told the story a few times before of like, I essentially like right before I got laid off from my Mm -hmm. last role, I had done my five year plan. And like the whole crux of that five year plan was a series of questions of like, you know, what is it that I want to put out in the world? You know, like, what lit me up the most throughout my entire career. And mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. Like what came back from ChatGPT was all those same notes. It was being mm-hmm. of service. It was helping people. It was helping create policies and structures that allowed for positive change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then more recently, you know, the, the themes that kept coming up for me was like the systemic issues that were, uh, very apparent within the corporate space that were creating environments that made it really difficult for people to be at their best. And that's honestly like what kind of came out where the needs improvement podcast came about and where the Mm -hmm. newsletter came about and even the work that I'm doing Mm -hmm. with the changing work collective, Mm -hmm. all of it's around that, that idea that there are systemic issues within the workforce right now that is, that is creating, I think a lot more stress in people's lives, particularly when they come to a position of a crossroads in their life. Uh, because those stories come up, right? And there's all these questions of like, well, the paycheck is really good. I love that you mentioned, it's like, oh, I hear this all the time. Like, oh, I love the people that I work with. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. and is it harming you in other ways? Are you you Mm -hmm. otherwise like uh, keeping yourself small Mm -hmm. to stay in a comfortable place that's a known thing? And honestly, it took me getting laid off to get the kick in the pants that I needed to get out the door and actually like live the the five year plan that I had created. It just kind of came a five month plan instead of a five year plan. I I um, so agree with that, and I see, have seen that happen for myself and for others as well. And um, oh gosh, I was going to say that I think it could be this mid career time can be really exciting because. Mm-hmm the earlier part of our career, we're, we're building the fundamentals in our skill set. And now if we have the courage, sometimes we need the kick in the pants, right? From the, from the employer to get the courage. But if you have the courage to try the thing that's been whispering to you, use your skills as a foundation. You're not losing any of that. Mm-hmm. Then when people see what you're doing, like you, they're going to say, of course, that's what Nicholas is doing. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. But when you're just sitting there trying to figure out what would I do, it's not always an easy question to answer. If you can yeah, get to a place so people- where your friends are saying that makes so much sense for you, then it's mm-hmm. like, I think that's a good sign. I think you're right. I mean, and that, that's that been really interesting to kind of see just in my own experience, you know, I had had this notion and this idea of like what I would be interested in doing. And it felt like such a departure from the the mode of thinking that I had previous to getting laid off. Cause what it was before is like, all right, how do I do a parallel shift or how do I do a lateral move into another role that's similar that incrementally I can grow my skill set? mainly oriented around, can I, can I just stay in these environments that are very high paying roles and supposed stability right. and, I, I think about this and I wonder like if I would have stayed, you know, if I hadn't gotten laid off and like if I had gone five years later down the road, like what would those five years have even been like? It probably would have been very stressful. It probably uh-huh. would have been a lot of lack of fulfillment and lack uh-huh. of passion in my work. And I wonder like would I have even had the juice in five years to pivot and then move into something that I'm actually really interested in doing. Uh-huh. And that's that's something I often can get confronted with with a lot of my clients where uh-huh. similarly they're coming to me, uh, they're, they're in some sort of like bind of some sort. Uh, usually it's in a healthy work environment or they found themselves in an employment situation that's less than ideal and they just don't have the vocabulary and they just don't have the insight to be able to figure out like what comes next. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, you, you mentioned this idea of courage and, you know, in some cases we need a kick out, kick, kick in the butt to actually get out the door and find the courage. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it as courage until more recently. Uh, and it was almost really more when people were reflecting to me of like, oh my gosh, like what you're doing sounds so amazing. It's so in alignment with what we would have thought that you would be doing. That's so courageous of you for just doing it. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it was more like, that was the best option given what I had available to me in, in that moment. It wasn't even like a courageous act. It was just like, Oh my gosh, like if I'm not going to do this now, then when am I going to possibly do it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the really powerful things of yeah. working with a, a, a coach or particularly mm-hmm. like a career empowerment coach is it gives you that like scaffolding of confidence and that scaffolding yes. of courage to be able to play and explore some of these things. Yeah. Is, that, is that similar to kind of what you notice with your clients as well? Honestly, I think one of the most empowering things that I do is offer group coaching. And I know you do this as well. Mm -hmm. And I have a program that's called 90 Days to What's Next. Mm -hmm. And all of those participants come into it feeling like they're alone, feeling Mm -hmm. like their experience is very isolated to them. And it is so validating to be around other people who have similar ambitions to you, who are finding themselves in a similar situation, maybe for very different reasons and supporting each other on that journey. Some people have the um, experience where they are in between roles. And so it still takes courage though, because the most, the easiest thing to do would be to work with the recruiter who would get you another job using your same skills at another company. Mm-hmm. What takes courage is to try something new, to go into the unknown mm-hmm. and or to leave a job that is well paying to pursue something else. And so I think that all of us can use some support from others, some encouragement, some examples from others, and also a well laid out plan. Mm-hmm. You had done that proactively before. A lot of people that I work with, a lot of my clients tell me things like, when in the world would I find time or energy to create this plan? I don't know the answers to the questions. They need those exercises and those prompts Mm -hmm. to help them sort things out. They process it by talking to others. They learn from each other and support each other. So I, I love that environment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, too. You know, I mean, so many of the comments that I get, you mentioned my LinkedIn posts, you know, mm-hmm. I post pretty regularly on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. A lot of my posts, wasn't until about six months ago that I realized this like crazy hack where it was like I was not getting a ton of engagement on my posts. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe people are actually uncomfortable with being public about their support of some of these things. So mm-hmm. I started putting in the bottom of my posts like, hey, if this resonates with you, DM me. And my gosh, like the hundreds and hundreds of DMs that I've gotten of people just saying, this resonates with me so much. Like what you're describing is exactly the experience that I had. And I just felt so alone. Thank you for speaking into this. Mm-hmm. And I hundreds, literally hundreds of comments on, in this in this capacity. And I think that there's this really interesting thing that's occurred. Um, and, and maybe it's partially the pandemic. Maybe it's partially social media. And, and I think maybe it partially it's just you get to a certain age in your career and there's this fear of being exposed. But yeah. generally speaking, I think so many people I talk to, they think that their experience is unique. You know, unique. they feel like they're they're stuck and they're isolated and alone in this experience. And mm-hmm. so much of what I've been trying to do and so much of really what we do here on the podcast as well is to try to destigmatize these experiences and normalize right. them and say like, look, mm-hmm. this is maybe a natural evolution and a natural process that you get to at a certain point in your career. Mm-hmm. And that mid career transition component, I think is like a really, really juicy period in time for self exploration and self discovery. There's a, there's a book that I'm not sure if you're familiar with. It's called, from strength to strength this uh, author arthur c brooks wrote it hmm. and he talks about it in terms of like the difference between um and i'm probably i'm probably going to butcher it here but he, he talks about the the difference between fluid intelligence which is the intelligence of youth and exploration and experimentation and all these other things versus the crystallized intelligence of a wiser older yes. person mm-hmm. and i love the way he kind of frames that as like it's 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 knowledge that you've collected over time and i think you even mentioned this a little bit in the beginning where it's like how do you take these new skills and apply what you already know to them to create something new out of them mm-hmm. and 
I always just try to encourage folks to think about it in terms of like, you know, your life isn't over yet. You've got a lot of runway left. Let's make something really great out of this and, and use this as an opportunity to catapult yourself into something that maybe you would never have even conceived of uh, before otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, coming, I, I love everything that you're saying, and I, I always appreciate your posts and it takes courage and someone who's willing to be vulnerable and put themselves out there to allow others to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, because I know part of your purpose here on this podcast is about mental well-being. Mm-hmm. I'm a person who writes in a journal. I have for many, many years. I think when I was younger, I would only pretty much do it when I was upset or unhappy. Now I do it every day. But yeah. I look back at my journal my journal entries from when I was in that place of feeling very stressed in a corporate role, being told that my skill set was not what they were looking for. I mean, basically they're looking for a cookie cutter mm-hmm. approach to a leader. And my, my approach is outside of that. And it was definitely affecting my mental health and I was holding it all inside. I say I was suffering silently. I didn't Mm. want anyone to know that I was struggling with that. And um, it's, it can really be damaging. And yet it sounds simple, but to believe that you just aren't in the right fit, whether it be that company or that team or that industry it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you personally. It's just finding where your skills are meant to be utilized. And it is so empowering. And I feel like, um, you know, we talk about freedom when we become an entrepreneur, freedom of our schedule, that kind of thing. I think the greatest freedom I've experienced is freedom of speech, Mm-hmm. Freedom of being myself and mm-hmm. just leaning into who I am and not trying to fit this cookie cutter demand. It's that is the greatest freedom. Uh, How was your experience? Is that true for you oh, as well? Yeah, it, was, it gave me chills for a second there. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that. Well, first of all, I think the whole time freedom thing is a myth. I haven't found that one yet because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm working more now than I ever have, but it's not the same type of work and it's not the same type of intent. Well, it's, it's more intense, but it's not draining in the way that it used to be when I was trying to fit into a square peg as a round or mm-hmm. square hole round peg. Yeah. Um, I always, <laughs> I always felt like there was all this additional cognitive load. Some people speak about it in terms of neurodiversity as masking. Mm-hmm. And that always really resonated with me. You know, mm-hmm. it always felt to me that I was trying to put on a persona or a way of being that was just misaligned with who I actually am. Mm-hmm. And that was distracting from my ability to be creative. It was distracting from my ability to be just authentic and show up as myself. Right. And, you know, the, the courage, again, that I think so many people speak about the writing that I do on LinkedIn. I mean, so much of that, I think, just came from a decision where I was like, I'm just going to burn the boats at the shore. Like, there is no going back for me. Mm-hmm. I had been an entrepreneur prior to working in, in tech and in big media. I always found that to be way more enlivening than anything else I had done. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm the type of person that I have to go all in on something or I won't. I won't do it, you know, and I had the benefit actually of like when I, when I got laid off, I got positioned with a, a coach from uh, an offboarding organization mm-hmm. and actually we were a terrible fit uh, uh, as a coach coachy relationship. <clears throat> but this gentleman actually mentioned to me at one point, he was like, yeah, you know, don't bother fixing your resume up. Don't bother like trying to figure out other new corporate jobs that you can move into. Like if what you're actually passionate about is coaching, just go all in on that. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. And I actually thought that that was the most poignant piece of information and and feedback that I could have gotten at that time because it just gave me that reassurance of, okay, I'm just going to move forward courageously. I'm going to say what I need to say. Mm -hmm. And the gift that that has given me is my sense of meaning and purpose back. You know, for 10 years, I wasn't able to share what I felt and I wasn't able to speak into the things that I was seeing that was wrong in the workplace. And now Mm -hmm. I have nothing but the freedom to do that. So I, I completely agree. And you know, I think it's often overlooked that ability to just be okay, uh, mm-hmm. being yourself and being authentic and standing in that power. I feel like that's so often what people come to my coaching work with is they feel depleted and they, that their oh, ability gosh, to 
you know, kind of show up in that way has just been kind of stomped out of them. Well, speaking of standing in your power, I not long ago started my own podcast that is called Spark Your Power. Yeah. And to me, that spark is about like uh, creating friction enough that you're willing to change and creating mm-hmm. creating that enthusiasm again and finding mm-hmm. the power that has always been within you that is not only you shouldn't be hiding it, but that's what we're supposed to leverage. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. ideally what we're leveraging in order to be our best. And yeah, if, if that's what you can find, then it's, it changes everything. And like I said earlier, it impacts your whole life. So in coaching, we often use the wheel of life. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are all these different aspects and dimensions of our life. And we rate how satisfied we are in each of them. Well, the thing about career is that we spend, I don't know, 90 percent of our lives for us as professionals working. So mm-hmm. if that one slice of your wheel is out of line and you're unhappy there, how could you possibly be relaxed and joyful and showing up as the type of person you want to be in all the other areas. I just feel like I'm such a better mom and friend and human since Mm -hmm. I leaned into, you know, what I was here, what I feel like I was born to do. Um, Yeah. It's, it's exciting. And, and my goal is to help as many other people find that as possible. And one thing I want to say about the jumping all in, um, I'm probably a little bit more stepping stone approach. Mm -hmm. So what I have noticed in looking back on my career is that every chapter was leading me to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And I feel like right now I'm doing like all of those things led me here. And what I work with, with women and my clients on is like, let yourself dream for the audacious dream job you'd love to have. And then between short, between now and five, 10 years from now, like, what do you need to do to make that a reality? However Mm -hmm. long that period is for someone for all sorts of different reasons, we can say, what would I need In my toolkit, either it's skills, it's networks, it's um, education, whatever it is, how do you close the gap Mm -hmm. so that what feels like an audacious dream job is actually can be a reality? I think I think that's really, really important to point to make for folks, too. And and just to be clear, I wouldn't give the advice to jump all in on something to most (laughs) of my clients. You know, that's just how like I know that I work. Um, And that's actually, I think, a misconception a lot of times, too. You know, uh, prior branding that I used to have uh, was all about like, you know, work doesn't have to suck, you know, which I still love that branding. But I've tried to like position it more as something positive (laughs) than more of like a negative. But, you know, a lot of people would come to me and they're like, well, you know, are you just going to tell me to quit my job? And it's like, actually, no, you know, I I think what I find to be way more powerful is like, let's stabilize you in that current environment in whatever Mm -hmm. way we can create Mm -hmm. a little bit of a runway for you to figure out what comes next. Mm -hmm. And then to your point, like build those building blocks. I think you mentioned it almost as a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Yes. In a way, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Like, you know, what do those stepping stones typically look like for folks? And what does it really mean to kind of put a roadmap together for, you know, say like the next five years of your career? Yeah, thanks for asking that because I I think that's where all of this conversation kind of leads to so that people can have some sort of actionable plan. And this is where I bring in my innovation process again Mm -hmm. to why aren't we innovating our careers? We can innovate our careers. So in my um, consulting work, what we would do is, you know, we start with the big brainstorm of ideas. Let's say, you know, one of the brands that I was working on was Life Cereal. Okay. You know, like great brand, by the way, what are all the different ways we could create growth for this brand and where could we go with it? And then what we would do is create what we call dig sites or platforms. So, you know, what are the buckets are, you know, one is probably around health and wellness. One might be about indulgent tastes. One might be about 
um, on the go or, you know, different kinds of things like that. And then that would give us some structure to, um, to be more strategic with the, the options we came up with and to be able to analyze how we would plot that out. You might have five great ideas for the business, but one of them can't happen until one, two, three, and four happen and create that mm-hmm. runway for five to be ready. So in taking that to a career, we take that dream storm we help each other see the themes because we just are too close to ourselves to even see it sometimes. So mm-hmm. we look at what are those themes? What are those industries you might be interested in? Or maybe it's the same industry, but you'd rather be serving a different audience of people. There's a lot of different ways to think about it, but we create these dig sites that allow us to then say, okay, what are the roles? What are the jobs? What are the possibilities within, if you were to go, you know, into um, say, for example, higher education or something like that, how would your skills play out there? Mm -hmm. And once we kind of have some of those concrete, somewhat realistic goals or ideas, then we plot them short-term, long-term, what's it going to look like how long will it take you if you really want, let's see, if I look at your chat GPT results, like if you really wanted to be in corporate social responsibility, which was one of them that came up for you, like how would you need to map that to get Mm -hmm. there? So it's, you know, and also honestly, what, what I found comes up, even though we come into it with a career lens It's oftentimes, um, it comes up often where there's, you know, maybe volunteering is one of your um, dig sites, maybe, you know, spending more time with my aging parents. So it's really not just career focused, but we need to see that big picture to feel good about the steps that we're taking and that we're going in the right direction. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you know, and the, even just like the term dig sites, I think to me evokes this idea of excavation where, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, I think, you know, the answers that we need are within us. You know, if we have the right guide, we have the right roadmap to be able to discover that yeah. we can we can come up with these ideas and come up with these new ways of being mm-hmm. not from some exogenous thing that we're having to intake from outside of us, but like really going deep inside and kind of figuring right. out and excavating those answers for ourselves. So that's it's mm-hmm. a really just a beautiful analogy there. It's it, it really it's really fun to see it unfold from my clients and to reflect back to them what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing them say, and these connections that they might not be noticing. The other thing about innovation that I think is a great analogy for careers is that we always said in innovation, in order for something to stick, it has to have one part familiarity and one part in, new. So oftentimes a totally out of the sky, you know, innovation is too much for people to grasp. But if it's taking something that people are already familiar with and adding a component of innovation, then it's like kind of baby stepping them along. And I think Mm -hmm. that can be true with careers as well. So for me, I was a focus group moderator, qualitative researcher. I asked people questions. I listened. I understood. I um, probed for more. And those skills, then I'm applying them in a new way, but it's not like a huge departure from my skill set. Yeah. And I think there's something really poignant there as well. You know, I, so many people that I talk to, they have this vision of what a career looks like. And they, they speak about it in terms of like a career trajectory, mm-hmm. as if there's like this linear kind of arcing uh, yes. kind of motion to their career that somehow ends in like, I don't know, retirement or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like more and more, like, you know, what, what I'm discovering for myself and even just, I think what I'm hearing from what you're sharing is, you know, this idea maybe of a career portfolio where there's like a, a variety of different things that you do. They mm-hmm. all kind of stack up and build a, a house, if you will, over time that then becomes in hindsight what your career has been, but it might not be that kind of linear trajectory that, you know, we might have in our, in our minds. And I wonder too, you know, and this is, I don't have a solid answer on this. I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this. It's like yeah. that, that vision 
of career as being an arc or a progression of some sort, to me, almost sounds like a more youthful kind of way of thinking about things or like a, a, a novice way of looking at things. Um, and that might be what drives people towards status and title and like, you know, year over year increases in salary and things like that, because it feels like there's a stepping ladder of progression that's going on there. Like with your clients and with the folks that you work with, you know, where does that land with you? Like, do you, do you feel like that that model makes sense or, you know, is it more yeah. of like kind of this distributed model, nonlinear approach? Well, I've been hearing that term por- um, portfolio career more lately as well. And I think that, I think that this new generations, the younger generations, the pandemic, probably there's just a lot of um, new ways to think about our careers. My dad stayed at his same company for 35 years. You know, that's just what people did back then. I have to say my, I feel like my career has been pretty linear by, by purpose. That's the way that I kind of structured it. And that's probably a more traditional approach. I think that younger people are, you know, the gig economy, they're starting things, they're trying more things. And I I also heard the, um, I heard one of the executives from LinkedIn speak recently, and he was saying that one of the trends moving forward is that recruiters are focusing more on skills and transferable skills more so than degrees and certifications. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those things were like, uh, you know, you think about a stage gate process. I'm going back to innovation again. You know, there is a process by which we go through and everything has to make it through this stage before you get to that stage and the next one. That's how the traditional career has played out. And certainly there are still many like that out there. The challenge for those of us rethinking things is when you look at that trajectory and say, I don't, I don't want that trajectory. I'm going to jump over here. So mm-hmm. I think there's just more fluidity in options than maybe there were before, but it still can be very paralyzing for someone in a traditional corporate role mm-hmm. who only sees the normal trajectory in front of them and doesn't want to go that way, then what mm-hmm. else? So it's, I think we're, we're in a transition time, but we're not completely away from that model yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, something else that I think is, is top of mind for me is like the environments that, that folks are working in themselves. You know, and this is a big part of the podcast itself around needs improvement. It's actually flipping the narrative a little bit on like what, as opposed to being individual things that need improvement, it's like, what are the systemic issues that are happening within corporate environments mm-hmm. that need to be improved so people can have more flexibility and more ability to thrive? And I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, maybe it's like a little just off the cuff, um, but, you know, are, are there things in particular that you've noticed or themes that you've seen with your clients where they kind of keep running up against the same systemic problems or the same structural issues that prevent them from being able to maybe like, pivot their career more elegantly or find uh, a path forward that's a little clearer and less overwhelming? Hmm. Um, that's a, that's a big question. I think that for women, uh, this is where I see the women versus men maybe play out a little bit more, at least, mm-hmm. at least um, as I've heard it, I feel like what women are running up against in their mid to two thirds way through their career is the feeling of um, ageism Mm -hmm. and the system, the corporate or whatever type of uh, role they're applying for really um, alienating this group of women who are maybe upper forties, fifties, we have so much passion and wisdom and time now. Here's Mm -hmm. what I think is the irony is that when I, you know, we're in our thirties, we are so stretched because we've got, you know, young families and that's true for men and women. And yet, you know, at the point in your career where you really want to just be all in, you feel like you're being um, discriminated against. That is one of the challenges I see happening a lot for women in particular. And I, I don't know if that's as much of a problem for men. 
what is what is your perspective on that? Yeah, no, I think I think it's really insightful. I mean, interestingly enough, the vast majority of my clients are women as well. Although I'd say like I probably market to like a broader audience. It seems like to me mm-hmm. what you're sharing is exactly what I'm hearing from my clients. It's mm-hmm. it's structural issues around sexism and misogyny. It's ageism, uh, more more poignantly. Though I will say mm-hmm. a lot of my older men that I work with, they're also encountering ageism. It, mm-hmm. I think it shows up in different ways. Uh mm-hmm. And I think it's maybe harder on women in particular because, um, again, they just have so many different uh, skill sets and so many different uh, kind of experiences in their th- 20s and 30s uh, that I think it just manifests slightly differently. Yeah. I'd be kind of curious to kind of par- compare notes, though, you know, in yeah. terms of like how it hits men versus women differently. You I know, know a lot of the men that I talk to when they get encountered with uh, ageism. It, it's devastating, you know, because so much of their identity is wrapped up around being a provider, being able to be a contributing member of society. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're not prepared for that when they get into their 40s or when they get into their 50s, because they've really never had to confront it in the same way that I think women have to so many times throughout their entire career. Mm-hmm. A couple thoughts on that. The the word that I hear come up a lot with my clients is relevant. I, I don't mm-hmm. feel relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. That is that is devastating. That's a devastating feeling. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of my clients and even my friends as women are the breadwinners of the Mm. family. So I, I don't think that, um, that the job force has caught up with the fact that, you know, there are many, many women, I wish I had a statistic on this, who are actually the breadwinners Mm. of their family. So it's, um, yeah, it's a challenge for both, for both, I think. So I don't know if this is answering your original question, but yeah, that, that idea of feeling irrelevant is, is really tough. And I wonder if that's what is driving more entrepreneurialism. You know, you get to a certain stage and you have all this experience, you see gaps in the market. And I I think it's a great opportunity for those who, who are, willing to give it a try to, to go do something on your own. I've also heard from some of my female clients that they will interview for a role that they know they are overqualified for, or they um, really want something a little different. And Mm -hmm. if they impress upon that, that company in the right way, if they make a great connection, there are times when a new position would be created for this candidate who they see is not the right candidate for this job, but gosh, we really need someone leading this up over here. Mm. So that's not out of the question either. Yeah. I think it's really encouraging too. And, and I think so much of what you're saying here, uh, kind of chips away at some of the misconceptions. I think people come into the work, you know, into these, these transition points in their career mm-hmm. where there's all these stories that they're telling themselves of like, well, I'm never going to find a job that really fits. I'm going to have to take something that's a lower paying job or it's, you know, a step backwards in my career. And, you know, maybe with a little bit different of a perspective and maybe even a different framework to kind of approach some of these things, they can maybe start to advocate for themselves and to, to mm-hmm. explore opportunities where, like you said, like new, new roles might be created or for that matter, you know, back to what you're saying a minute ago, the audacity to just jump and do something on their own, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think one of the really amazing things about being in midlife is like, you have so much experience and you can see patterns, you can see themes and spot gaps. And I think ways it, it's harder to do when you're younger because you're in build mode and you're in establishment mode. But yeah. once you have like a little bit more perspective, you can kind of look across the field and say like, okay, here's one opportunity where I can jump in and provide real value. I know just from my own personal experience, like that I went from basically being burnt out to like a week or two later, having more energy than I've had in over a decade. <laughs> and I love like this, this reigniting your career kind of concept that you, you mm-hmm. put forward. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that, that was the feeling. It was like this reignition. Uh, mm-hmm. this, what is it? Your podcast, the spark your power. I felt like yes. all of a sudden, like I had gotten that pilot light back on and yep. it had been go, go, go ever since. Mm-hmm. And it was only, I think, because I started thinking more broadly of like, well, where are the gaps? You know, what unique thing that I, that I have that I've learned over the years, could I offer the world mm-hmm. and how can I bring that to the, the world in a way that, that scales and that, that helps as many people as possible. And mm-hmm. that to me has just been the driving force ever since. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I commend you for all of the work that you're doing and how you've taken your experiences and transitioned them into really something big that can really make a big difference. We need people who are willing to do that, willing to address the change that needs to happen. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And if anything, I hope this podcast and all the posts that I have on LinkedIn and all the other work that I do, it just is incentivizing other people to to take the, take the leap themselves. There's just so much good to be done in the world and there's so much that needs mm-hmm. to be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's this, this moment in time that we're all reckoning with right now, where it's like now the technology and the social media platforms and just the ways of getting your message out there are so much better than they were like 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah now is an amazing opportunity for folks to like leverage those skills. So yeah, I just hope it, it becomes a, a beacon for other people to follow. Yeah. I think you're so doing we only that. have a few minutes left. Yep. Oh no. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. Um, and thank you for everything that you're doing too. I mean, I think it's so important to, to know that there are coaches like you out there and that there are folks of uh, all different types. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of, Hey, if, if I'm not the right coach for you, I have a stable of other people that I can refer you to mm-hmm. shop around. It's kind of like dating, you know, it's like yeah. you're not necessarily <laughs> going to get the right one right off the bat, right. but having that right rapport and having that right skill set and experience uh, can go mm-hmm. a long way. And it really make people feel a lot more comfortable, much more yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, so we only have a couple minutes left. You know, I, I'd love uh, if you could let people know, like, where can they find you? Like, how do they get hooked up with you if they're interested in exploring uh, uh, career consultations or other things like yes. that? And maybe a little bit about your podcast and where other people can find you as well. Right. Thank you. Thanks for asking that. So I would say a um, couple places are easy to find me. I'm on LinkedIn a lot, and hopefully you can put that link in the show notes, but it's mm-hmm. Jennifer Spainauer. And uh, my website is positionforsuccess.com. So that is where my all of my information is housed, and that is where you can learn more about my 90 Days to What's Next group coaching program which will be starting up again in January for those who kind of want to start the new year and dig into this, uh, dig into creating their career roadmap. That's there. I also run retreats for women and there's information on the website under my services there as well. The podcast is still a baby podcast. We're growing. And um, I will tell you, I, I think an area that my past career really blessed me with a gift that I have from my past career is the network of unbelievable, amazing, accomplished women who are in my network. And so I have the pleasure of interviewing a lot of them on my podcast and learning from their journeys and how they have rediscovered what success means for them and how they've leaned into a career that that really leverages their skills and brings them more joy and happiness, how that can inspire us. Because as we said before, people feel like they're alone in that struggle. Mm. And it's almost like we need to hear more proof that it can be done because our mind is so set on that it can't be done. Mm. So spark your power is a podcast that, um, that, provides a lot of inspiration and proof and also just some uh, coaching skills and teaching from me as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we'll definitely put uh, all that information uh, about Jen's complimentary coaching uh, consultations, the Spark Your Power podcast, uh, and also a link to your LinkedIn page. I know we follow each other and we're quite active on LinkedIn yes. uh, together. Uh, yes. So folks, you can definitely check all that stuff out in the descriptions below. Jen, mm-hmm. it's been so good to connect with you again. Uh, thank you for all you're doing in the world for helping make the, uh, the workplace a better place. Thank um, you. Any last words or any last p- pearls of wisdom that you'd like to offer people as they kind of think about what comes next for themselves. Yeah, I think listen, listen to your intuition and give yourself what you deserve, which is, you know, you deserve for work not to suck. As you used to say, Nicholas, you deserve to mm-hmm. leverage the best of who you are to make the biggest impact. That's what's going to bring you success and joy. So take action, take imperfect action. Uh, I love it. What a great uh, note to end on. Well, Jen, thank you so much. Uh, A wonderful end of your year. And I'll look forward to connecting with you again soon, hopefully. Sounds good. Thank you. All right.
Thank you. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode of the Needs Improvement Podcast. If our conversation resonated with you, do us a favor. Share this episode with your network. We'll be back next month diving even deeper into what needs improvement in the modern workplace. Until then, take what you've learned and make your workplace a better place to be. See you soon.